What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Tailgate Country Songfighters podcast. Songfighters is all about Nashville's best up-and-coming singer-songwriters. This week, Levi Orr joins me to talk about his upcoming single, Bigger Fish, which will be out on February 11th. We also discuss some exciting news from both Levi and Tailgate Country that will be hosting his release show from Nashville, Tennessee at Live Oak. The show will start at 8 p.m. with two writers rounds full of super talented writers. Um, Margaret Hanley, Chandler Walters, Madeline Linhart, and Carlisle Griffin will, will be in the first round. And then we'll have another round at 9 p.m. with Hayden Kaufman, Kate Hasting from Hasting & Co., Ty Graham, and Nathan Perry. Then at 10, we'll turn things up, and Easton Hamlin and Jake Blue will both play two 30-minute full band sets, followed by a whole hour from Levi Orr. If you're in Nashville or are thinking of planning a trip soon, we hope to see you there. As always, follow Tailgate Country on Instagram at Tgate Country and on TikTok at Tailgate Country Podcast for some great video content from today's episode. So what's going on? What's up, dude? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Been good, man. Just uh, staying busy, playing shows all the time, and putting music out, and uh, just trying to stay as busy as possible. Yeah, I mean, you have been super busy lately. It seems yeah. like you're playing anywhere you can, putting out some another song here in a few weeks. Yeah, and yeah, I'm pumped about it. It's been it's been a lot of work, uh, a lot of moving parts to this one. Um, you know, some cool events we got coming up and stuff. Yeah. revolving around the single but yeah i'm excited to get it out there and for everybody to hear it so yeah well we'll get that to that more later um let's just start off by telling me who is levi or the country artist yeah uh well i consider myself a more traditional country artist um a little bit more to the rock side um you know versus country pop but uh yeah i uh Started singing when I was about 14 or 15, and, you know, just ever since have been heavily influenced by several different artists and, you know, have done my best to take voice lessons and taught myself to play guitar and all that stuff. Um, as a country artist myself, though, I have said this before, but I claim to be a no-bullshit country artist. I want to put out music that means something and write songs that, are you know actually relevant to people's lives and to my life and mm -hmm. you know I don't want to put out generic material I don't want to put out songs that you know aren't realistic I write songs about things I experience and things that I'm you know go through on a daily basis and those I feel like those songs resonate with people better and I guess that's the best way to describe me yeah that's probably a, not the best specific description but <laughs> no that was a great description I think um and so you're from mills river north north carolina that's right um what was it like growing up there um it's a small town for sure um i remember one time they have a uh, fair every september there um right outside of mills river in Asheville. and i remember being there one time and tell, told somebody else from mills river they're like where is that i was like it's like half a mile down the road <laughs> so it was that kind of town you know like if you weren't from that area or you hadn't spent a lot of time in that area, you probably never heard of it. Um, but it's definitely a farm town. There was a lot of dairy farms, um, you know, 
corn and produce farms and things like that where I grew up. It's in the mountains of North Carolina. So um, this is definitely a small town. Um, it's right outside of Asheville, which is a little bit bigger of a city, but it's definitely more rural area. It's one of those, like, if you don't know you're driving through it, you would never know it was even a town. So. Right. Nice. Um, does it have a good country music scene, or is that more kind of Asheville? Um, so Mills River, it does have a an audience for country music. There's not really a country music scene. Like, there's no specifically country venues in Mills River or really even Asheville. There may be one in Asheville. I think it's called, like, the Gray Eagle or something, and they do just country music. But it's – there's not much of a country music scene there. But with it being a rural town, there are a lot of country music fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't – you know, there's a lot of breweries and stuff where I'm from, so – it's definitely not weird to go in one of those and hear somebody singing country music, but it's more people are like you hear a lot more folk music and stuff around that okay. area. Um, but yeah, as far as the country music scene, it really didn't have one. Nice. So I guess um, when you decided you wanted to pursue a career in music, why country? Um, <clears throat> well, I've always listened to country my whole life. Um, I didn't even really listen to classic rock much as a kid but have gotten into it more since i've been older um so country was definitely the biggest influential music genre that i listened to um as a kid i mean it was mainly country music or christian music um so i always grew up listening to it i remember hearing like brooks and dunn and garth brooks and george Strait and alan jackson and all them on the radio as a child um and my family actually made a few trips to Nashville when I was a kid. Um, I think the first time I came here, I was 10 or 11 years old. Um, and it was cool and all, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't a country artist and I wasn't, hadn't even considered that as a career at that mm-hmm. point. Um, but me and my family came to CMA Fest a couple of years in a row. Um, once when I was, I think, 13 and once when I was 14. Um, but that second trip we made to CMA Fest, I just remember, like, out of nowhere, I was like, this is where I want to be. It was like, just clicked in an instant. And I remember texting friends back home and being like, I want to move to Nashville. I want to be on stage. I want to do country music. Uh, because I was, at that point, had artists like Trace Adkins and Josh Turner and people like that that I was, like, obsessed with. So I would just listen to their albums on repeat and uh, wear those things out. And coming to Nashville and seeing both of those artists perform – along with others, just really opened my eyes to, to Nashville and, and the possibility of it being an actual career. And mm-hmm. once I decided that's what I wanted to do, there was no turning back. Since mm-hmm. that day, I have never considered another possibility of a career path because there's nothing out there for me but music. Yeah, and at that time, had you been playing guitar or singing? Or? Uh, at that point, no. I'd I don't think I'd even played guitar before at that point. Um, but after we got back from CMA Fest, I started taking voice lessons, picked up a guitar, started teaching myself to play that. Uh, the first performance I ever did with my voice on a guitar was for my sister's high school graduation. We did a graduation party for her at our house. And to surprise her, I sang You're Going to Miss This by Trace Atkins. And uh, that was the first time anybody had ever seen or heard me perform. And uh, 
she didn't, my sister didn't even know I could play guitar until I whipped that song out really? <laughs> and played it for her. So, uh, that was like my debut performance. And after that, it was, you know, playing in churches. Then the older I got, it was playing at, you know, like some of the breweries in my hometown mm -hmm. and college bars. And then after that was Nashville. And so it's just been like the more I've done it, the bigger the venues get and the bigger the gigs get. So. Yeah. When you played that first song at your sister's graduation, did she? Did anybody know you were going to do it? Uh, I'm pretty sure my parents knew. Um, I, I think my parents and my brother knew, but my sister was like the only one that didn't. Because I was like spending time in my room, like learning the chords and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time sitting in my mom's truck, like practicing the song in the the vehicle, turned off and everything. Mm -hmm. Um. So, no, it was a complete surprise to her. That's really cool. Yeah. It was fun. And uh, looking back now, like, I've seen that video since I've done this, you know, since years past. And that was before I ever had a single voice lesson. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely been a lot of improvement on the yeah. voice side <laughs> and the guitar side. Uh, it kind of hurts to go back and listen to it now. But, yeah, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a cool experience. And that really marked the moment where – the performing and the taking this as an actual career started for me. So. Yeah. Well, CMA Fest is a super cool thing. Like I kind of yeah. have a similar story to you with that, but like the first time I came to Nashville was for CMA Fest really? back in 2019. Oh, sweet. And as it wasn't even 10 minutes of being in Nashville, I was like, yeah, I'm going to move here one yeah. day. Like that's how it was for me. It was just like literally just a realization. I was like, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else but Nashville. And yeah. at that time, I used to tell my family, I, I didn't ever consider going to college because my family really wasn't the college type. Like, my parents spent a couple of years in community college. Grandparents never went to college. Aunts and uncles never went. Um, so it was like kind of like me and my brother and sister were the first generation in our family to go to school. Mm -hmm. And... But at that point, at 14 years old, I was like, well, I'm just going to graduate high school and then move to Nashville at 18 and be a bartender or server or something until I figured it out. And then my mom encouraged me to look into some colleges, so uh wound up going to school anyway. Um, but, yeah, I was <laughs> kind of just bound and determined to get through high school and then just head straight for Nashville. Yeah. So. But I wouldn't want to live anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah, so. me either. Um, and then – you kind of you said you went to college. You went to Clemson, right? That's right. Um, what did you go there for? Um, <clears throat> I actually went there and studied marketing with a minor in music. Um, I actually didn't intend to go to Clemson at all. I went to community college for a year, studied strictly classical music, and hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a huge respect for classical music now because of that, um, but – it just wasn't my thing. It wasn't country music, you know? Yeah. It, to me, if it's not country music, then it's, it's not for me. Yeah. You know? I mean, I love listening to other genres, mm. but there's no point in me knowing the ins and outs of classical music when I don't play you classical don't plan music. You to play it, you know? yeah. Um, so I did that for a year, and then I transferred to East Tennessee State in Johnson City. Um, and I was only there for a semester, but they have a program called Bluegrass Old Time and Country Music Studies. Um, did that for a semester, but while I was there, I had a girlfriend at Clemson, and my brother was a freshman there, so like every weekend, like Friday to, Friday afternoon, I'd get out of class, drive straight down to Clemson, which was like three and a half hours, 
and spend the weekend with my brother and my girlfriend and just really f- fell in love with the place and it felt like home to me. So halfway through that semester, I was like, I don't want to be in Johnson City anymore. I want to be in Clemson. So I applied to Clemson, got accepted, transferred there in spring of 2015, I believe it was. Um, and that was the best decision I ever made as far as my education and my college. Um, yeah. I did study marketing because they didn't have a big like music program there that would was really catered towards the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have you know avenues for theater and you know performing in like orchestras and things like that. But yeah. as far as music industry things, it wasn't you know as big of a thing as like a Belmont or something like that. Right. Uh, so I studied marketing because I figured I could learn the business side, learn to market myself and use that to my advantage in my career and still worked on my music outside of class. So I uh, went to Clemson and spent three and a half years there and actually made a lot of connections in Nashville through it. So Yeah, it seems like there's quite a few Clemson graduates here in Nashville, yeah. you know. There are, yeah. I've had a lot of good friends uh, moved to Nashville from Clemson and two of them that I actually play shows with and stuff now. Margaret Haney yep. and my friend Carlisle Griffin, which I know you've had Margaret on Margaret's here before. Margaret's been on, yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was, uh, it's been cool to have known them in college, and now they live here. Um, but I did meet a lot of people uh, through an organization that I worked with, CMAEDU, um, that led to having friends here, even though they were from other schools, you know. I yeah. met them through that organization at Clemson and even my first roommate was part of that organization and I wouldn't have known him if it wasn't for that. Right. So what was CMA EDU? What'd you do for that? Yeah. So CMA EDU is a really cool program um, that was started by the country music association and they have it at only a select few colleges in the U S. But it's basically like an organization or a club at your college um, and the whole purpose of it is to educate students on the music industry, especially at schools that don't offer that. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, Clemson didn't offer a whole lot as far as music industry education. They didn't have any music industry classes or anything. Um, so that was a great avenue for us to meet people in the industry and to get firsthand experience with, you know, planning a concert or some kind of musical event at the school and and the good thing is it wasn't specific, like, it was mainly country music, but it wasn't closed off to other genres. Because um, we had a lot of people in CMADU that were interested in other genres and other avenues of the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it was a great resource for people to learn about the ins and outs of the industry, what the music industry is, what jobs are available out there. Um, there was a lot of jobs that I learned about in the industry that I didn't know existed until I was in CMADU. Um, but I joined that my first year at Clemson and wound up becoming president of it and, um, really worked hard to, you know, build up the presence on campus and network as much as possible. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I met, had a lot of cool opportunities, got to meet several artists, several industry folks that are big names in the industry. And, you know, through that, it was like, it was great for me to have that because it opened my eyes to what the industry is how it works and stuff before I was in the middle of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's really Because cool. if I'd not had that, then I would have moved here and not known what I was doing. Right, so. Yeah. Well, cool. And 
You also played in a bluegrass band at Clemson. I did, right? yeah. Yeah, so uh, my last year at Clemson, they started a new ensemble, which was the bluegrass band. You know, the same as how they have choirs and and like jazz band or something like that. They mm-hmm. started a bluegrass band, so it was an actual elective class that you got credit for. Oh, nice. Uh, it was called Tiger Town Roots, and I joined that and was in it for my last year at Clemson and play guitar and sing, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I've always grown up listening to bluegrass, so I've always had a special passion for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I got some cool experience with that and met some great friends, but, yeah, I do have a little bit of bluegrass experience. So. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of going back a little bit, um, who are – some artists that you draw influence from like that you grew up listening to um, and even still do yeah I mean most of them are country artists Um, Eric Church I would say is probably my biggest influence Uh, he grew up in Granite Falls North Carolina which is like an hour and a half from where I grew up Um, so we're from kind of the same area and uh, I love how he's got just a very noticeable rock and roll influence on his music. Yeah. But it's still country music. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he would definitely be my biggest influence. Um, some of my influences over the year, over the years have been, you know, Josh Turner, Trace Atkins, Johnny Cash is a huge influence of mine, Merle Haggard. Um, but as far as some rock influences, I would say uh, ACDC is my favorite rock band. Um, so I, I would say they influenced me a little bit. You know, I like, the Eagles, Bob Seger, Motley Crue. Nice. Um, kind of a random assortment of artists yeah. there. But, yeah, even, uh, you know, Hardy, one of the newer country guys, he's a huge yeah. influence to me because he's got almost like a metal edge to his music. Yeah, so it's he like does. A lot of different uh-huh. different factors that influence the sound that I make now. Yeah. So, so I think I'm going to have you play a cover song. Yeah. Um, what song are you going to play? I think I'm going to do a George Strait song for you. Let's do, do it. I can still make Cheyenne. Nice. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. The telephone rang about a quarter to nine. She heard his voice on the other end of the line. Wondered what was wrong this time She never knew what his cause might bring With a cowboy like him it could be anything She always expected the worst In the back of her mind He said it's cold out here and I'm all alone didn't make the shore go again, so I'm coming home. I know I've been away too long. Never got a chance to write or call. I know this rodeo has been hard on us all, but I'll be home soon. Honey, is there something wrong? She said, don't bother coming home By the time you get here, I'll be long gone There's somebody new and he sure ain't no rodeo man 
He said, I'm sorry it's come down to this. There's so much about you that I'm gonna miss. But it's alright, baby, if I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Gotta go now, baby, if I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Lift that phone dangling off the hook Then slowly turned around and gave it one last look Then he just walked away He aimed his truck toward that Wyoming line With a little luck he could still get there in time in that Cheyenne wind, he could still hear her sing. She said, don't bother coming home. By the time you get here, I'll be long gone. There's somebody new, and he sure ain't no rodeo man. He said, I'm sorry it's come down to this. There's so much about you that I'm gonna miss. But it's alright, baby, if I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Gotta go now, baby, if I hurry, I can still make Cheyenne. Never knew what his calls might bring With a cowboy like him it could be anything She always expected the worst In the back of her mind So uh, why was the George Strait song you played important to you? Uh. I discovered that song when I think when I was in college and first time I heard it and like actually listened to the lyrics, dude, the lyrics of it, it's just so well written because it is, you know, I don't have any experience in rodeos and I've never been out West, you know, to Cheyenne or anywhere like that. Mm -hmm. But just the way that that song's written, it's so lyrically beautiful in my opinion. And even though it's a, heartbreak song and it's this dude's losing his wife or his girlfriend or wherever she is because he's prioritizing the rodeo and not her i don't know just the lyrics of it are incredible and george Strait's a huge influence of mine too love his music and yeah i just i've always loved that song and once i learned to play it i played it at my shows and that was like always the song when i would play that at shows that people would like actually stop and listen yeah so uh yeah i've been playing that one for years i love that song so yeah, that's a really good one. And that's speaking of like people stopping and listening. I've noticed that at like some of the writers' rounds around town, when someone plays a slow song like that, is typically when people turn yeah. to listen. Yeah. Rather than the you know fast ones that oh, yeah. you would think. Yeah, that's always when people listen. It gets real quiet in there, and I've noticed that before. And then it's like feels awkward if you're trying to talk to somebody. So yeah. I feel like that's part of the reason why everybody shuts up too. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, it's always the slower ones, it seems like, that people really tune in and, and want to listen to the words. So I do have uh, a couple songs I've written, a couple ballads that I've experienced that kind of thing with it. The yeah. writer's rounds. I play my fast ones and everybody doesn't really care. They're all yeah. hanging out at the tables right. and stuff. But, yeah, that that's always fun when, when you play a song and people actually, like, listen. engage and yeah. hold up. What is this? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and I guess, when did you start songwriting? Um, so I always tried to write songs, you know, in college and a little bit in high school and stuff. But I found that every time I tried to sit down and write a song, I would come up with like a good, really good verse or a really good chorus. And then I'm like, okay, the next part, you got to write it. And I'm sitting there thinking, and I just like writer's block, like couldn't mm-hmm. ever finish the song. So I'd just be like, well, I'll put it to the side, come back to it later. And then I either would never come back to it or came back to it and still couldn't figure something out. So um, when I really started writing songs and like actually finishing songs um, was right after I moved to Nashville. And I believe it was November 2018 um, that I wrote my first full song. Um, I moved here in October 2018. So November 2018, I had my first co-write with uh, my good friend Priscilla Block. Mm -hmm. And uh, me and her were... You know, I knew her, had met her right before I moved to Nashville and always been a close friend of mine. And uh, I just texted her one night at like 9 o'clock on a Sunday night and was like, hey, I really want to try riding sometime. Like, could we schedule a ride? And she's like, well, what are you doing right now? I was like, nothing. She's like, come over, let's write one. So There you go. We wrote a song at like 10 o'clock at night. I think we finished up at like 1 or 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, just drinking bush light and writing songs. So. Nice. Uh, it was a cool first experience, but uh, ever since, I just try to write as often as I can. Um, write with you know some of my close songwriting friends, and yeah, every now and then somebody new. So mm-hmm. it's something I really love doing. Yeah. So what is your writing process like? Like when you go into a write, are you typically the one that has the idea, or do you let people um, tell you their ideas? It's it's always different. Um, there have been times that. Like, I've had an idea for a song, and I'm dying to write it. Like, last night, I texted some of my buddies about an, a song that I want to write. I was like, hey, I got this idea. Let's get it. So, whenever we go in to write, we're going to write that idea. But there's also been times where I went into a co-write, but I didn't have any ideas. So, then it's kind of up to, you know, if somebody else has an idea, then we write their idea. Yeah. So, the way it pretty much works for us every time in my experience is we get in the room together, spend a little bit of time catching up, you know, and uh, then it's like, okay, well, anybody got any ideas and just kind of go around see who's got what ideas and then pick the one that seems to fit the mood the best or the one that seems to stand out to us yeah. the best. Um, there's also times that I've gone into rooms and none of us had an idea. <laughs> And it turns out, like, just sitting around talking and catching up, we find something in oh, that conversation yeah. and then write a whole song on it. So Nice. Which is – that's happened to me before, and it's uh, that's kind of what happened with my latest single that's coming out. Um, but, yeah, it's it's always cool to see, like, when you go into that room, you don't know what you're going to leave that room with. You know? Yeah. Whether it's going to be a song you came up with the idea for or somebody else did or a completely random idea out of the blue. So Yeah. And – Speaking of your new song coming out on February 11th, it's called Bigger Fish. Yep. Um, you want to kind of take me into the, to the day of the room that that was yeah. written? So I wrote that song with uh, with my buddy Ty Graham. 
and uh, it was actually the first time that we met. Um, so first right, first time meeting. Uh, so we spent probably 30, 45 minutes just getting to know each other a little bit, finding out our backgrounds and stuff like that. And uh, once we got past that part, you know, we were talking about what to write. And neither one of us really had not – I mean, we threw some ideas out there, but neither one of us had anything that was, like, really standing out. And uh, we wound up <laughs> somehow got on the subject of women. And, yeah, dating in Nashville is really hard, but that's another story for another time. Mm -hmm. But uh, we were just talking about some of the girls we've dated and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, I don't even have any interest in dating anybody right now. I was like, I've got bigger fish to fry. Like, and I, that's something I've I've said multiple times in my life. Like, yeah. it's just one of those like southern sayings, I guess. Yeah. But um, I was like, yeah, dude, I got bigger fish to fry than deal with these women. And then he was like, dude, that could be a song. And I was like, honestly, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> so we sat down and started writing it, and that's exactly what we came up with. Nice. So, so I guess from the day that song was written, what led you up to deciding to release it? Um, so I knew I wanted to put a single out pretty quick. Um, me and him actually wrote half of the song, um, in that first co-write and then we got together again and finished it. Um, but I loved like the first verse and chorus that we came up with. I loved it. And, uh, we were looking at some songs to put out for the new single and I was like, honestly, I really like what we've come up with on Bigger Fish. So let's finish it up before we decide. And then once it's done, if the rest of the song, you know, is still as good as the first half of it, then that could be one. And once we finished it, I was like, this is the one. So. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it now, it kind of plays off a of trouble with you a little bit. Yeah. So. It really does. And I hadn't really thought about that. I literally just that. thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because trouble with you, you know, is all about being with somebody who's already taken. Yeah. So that's kind of like a troublesome woman, like, not, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's funny. It really does kind of play off of it. It's like, yeah. this dude had all this trouble with this one woman, so now he's like, screw it. I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't act like I didn't plan that out. I should act like, yeah, dude, I totally meant to do that the whole yeah. time. But, no, that's, yeah, it does play off of it. So. It does, yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. Yeah. Poor guy. Um. I think I'm going to have you play that one right now if you cool. want to. Yeah, man, I'm down. Let's do it. Cool. I'm done bitching. <laughs> Good? Yeah, go for it. One minute we're in it, back out of love. Everything's perfect till push comes to shove. Feels like there's someone you're still thinking of. I only say that because you come home at midnight, hair all a mess. Why is the smell of cologne on your dress? I swore it was girls' night, but I'm gonna. His name's playing easy to give. They tell me there's plenty of fish in the sea. 
Sometimes your best bet is setting them free Half of your heart's all you're giving to me You push me and pull me right out of my mind Honey, quit wasting my time I've got bigger fish to fry Like a fiddle too many times Fell for the wrong one at least once or twice I've gambled on love, buddy, I've paid the price Wound up in a fool's paradise They tell me there's plenty of fish in the sea But sometimes your best bet is setting up Half of your heart's all you're giving to me You push me and pull me right out of my mind Honey, quit wasting my time I've got bigger fish to fry They tell me there's plenty of fish in the sea but Sometimes your best bet is setting them free Half of your heart's all you're giving to me You push me and pull me right out of my mind Honey, quit wasting my time I've got bigger fish to fry Honey, quit wasting my time, I've got bigger fish to fry, I've got bigger fish to fry. Alright, well, I'm super excited for that song to come out February 11th, right? Yeah, February 11th. I'm pumped about it. It's, uh... It's been a little bit since I put a song out, um, not a year yet, but it's uh, I'm ready to have a new one, and honestly, I think this song is a banger, so I'm excited for people to hear it and blast it in their cars or wherever they want to listen to it at and see what happens. Yeah, so. it's, it's going to be great when it comes out. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some shows you've been playing. Um, yeah. Earlier this year, you became a full-time artist, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so you've been playing quite a bit on Broadway. Um, I have. How's that been going for you? It's been good. Um, the Broadway thing has been good for me because that forced me to find a band, which I've been needing to do. I just haven't had a need, like, mm-hmm. haven't had shows lined up where I need a band yet. I have played a lot of acoustic shows since I've lived in Nashville. Um, but it, it forced me to have to get a band and I found a really awesome band um and just playing on broadway you know a lot of people kind of look down on it they're like oh once you get stuck on broadway you never get off um but i kind of see it as like a paid rehearsal for us yeah um we get to go down there try out songs get tighter as a band and um you know also learn to work the crowd and stuff because until this past year i hadn't ever played a full band show before so it's been a good experience for me just, you know, kind of cutting my teeth with a band and 
developing developing my stage presence. Yeah. Um, you know, with other guys playing behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like the more we play, the better we sound, and we're we're really tight. You know, we've been playing since since June, so it's like seven or eight months. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a great experience, and uh, I definitely want to get on the road more this year as much as possible. But yeah. being on Broadway has has been really good for us in in developing our sound. So. Yeah. And speaking of on the road, you've been playing some shows down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Um, how have those been going? It's always a party down there. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, we just started playing there. So my band uh, that plays for me used to play with another band down there, or they used to be another band called the Sundown Saddlers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wound up, the drummer and uh, guitar player of that band wound up coming on board with me. And uh, since we've been playing together, they got us some shows booked down in Tuscaloosa with some of their connections and yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we always partied when we get down there. People seem to love it. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be playing down there more in the future and just, like I said, trying to get out on the road as much as possible because, you know, now that we're already – we're used to the full-time thing in Nashville, it's like, okay, what's the next step? Yeah. The next step is to get out of town and start expanding that fan yeah. base. So. Yeah, so I was able to go down there with you last time yeah. and watch the shows and – there's definitely a difference between you playing on Broadway and you playing there. And yeah. it was cool. Like you. Yeah. Well, the difference really, I mean, when we play Tuscaloosa, you know, we're not playing requests. We're, yeah. We've got an actual show that mm-hmm. we put on. Yep. Um, with breaks and, you know, a, a certain song that we start with. And it's just an actual like show that we plan out. Uh, when we play Broadway, we've got a list of songs that we know, but people make requests down there all the time so our show's constantly changing down there we just kind of go with whatever the mood is or whatever people want to hear um but yeah tuscaloosa has been a lot of fun um that's been a good experience just getting on the road and actually creating our own show yeah um so yeah looking forward to getting down there more and getting and getting out to any city yeah, we can get wherever, in and playing, yeah. playing our asses off so um and then you also kind of have a unique band name. Yeah. You want to tell the story behind that one? <laughs> yeah, so I call my band The Usual Suspects. Um, I came up with that idea, I guess, I think it was my first year in Nashville. Uh, me and some of my friends used to hang out at Red Door Saloon in Midtown, mm-hmm. like four or five nights a week. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much lived there. The bartenders <laughs> knew us and knew what we drank and everything. But... uh one time we were walking up to the door, and I don't even know why I said it, but I randomly was like, oh, I bet the bouncer's going to see us and be like, oh, here comes the usual suspects. And I was like, wait, that could be really cool. And I was like, that'd be a cool, like, it just, like, occurred to me. I was like, that'd be a really cool, like, band name. So, uh, you know, some artists have names for their band. Like Merle Haggard used to call his band The Strangers. Buck Owens has The Buckaroos. Uh, even, like, John Party has calls his band The All-Nighters. So. Yeah. I've always wanted to have a cool like band name that it's it's not like Levi or in the Usual Suspects, but it's it's just like a fans will know. Yeah, right. So uh, yeah, came up with the Usual Suspects and came up with that before I even had a band. And then me and my drummer were talking one day, and he's like, "Dude, we got to come up with a name for the band." I was like, "I already got it." <laughs> I said, "Usual Suspects." He's like, "Dude, that's sick." So it's, we took it and ran with it, and I think it's starting to catch on now. Yeah. So. 
And uh, your drummer also has a, a minivan that's got a nickname, too. Yeah. Screaming <laughs> Eagle. Screaming Eagle. Yeah, my drummer, Jerry McCartney, he's a, he's quite a character. He's my boy, though. I like Jared. And uh, he wound up getting a minivan, which we needed something to, you know, take out on the road other than somebody's pickup truck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got us a minivan. Call it the Screaming Eagle. <laughs> I think that's the only way you can possibly make a minivan Sound cooler. cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sound cool at all. <laughs> yeah. It's a, have a cool nickname for it, so yeah, we call that Baby the Screaming Eagle. That's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you also have two other big shows here in Nashville coming up. Yeah. Um, you're going to be playing Whiskey Jam yep. on the 7th. Um, I guess, what does it mean to you to get to play Whiskey Jam? Dude, I've, I mean, ever since I moved to Nashville, I've, been going to whiskey jam and for those who know that's like the biggest showcase in nashville for up-and-coming artists and even established artists um just a good place to go show off your songs with your band versus just a riders round where you're sitting on a bar stool with a guitar yeah um so i've always wanted to play and uh wanted to make sure that i did it like had a reason to play it. i didn't want to just do it um, especially for my first time i wanted to have a single to promote or something so luckily ward got us in there on february 7th which is yeah. the monday before the song comes out and uh we do that on the 7th and then february 11th we're taking over live oak in midtown yep. which yeah you're a part of with yep. us um and yeah we're doing just a four-hour show of uh me and all my closest rider friends in town mm -hmm. and artists so it'll be you know two acoustic rounds then a couple full band showcases and then me and my band will go on last and try to burn the place down <laughs> yeah let's hope we don't do that but, <laughs> so we get invited back eventually that's right, but, yeah. That's right. <laughs> but yeah uh, tailgate and our friends at country pickens are going to be hosting that um february 11th yeah. at live oak it's gonna be a damn good time yeah it will be um i think that's all i got for you you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media yeah yeah, so uh, all my social media handles are pretty much Levi or official. I think actually all of them are. Yeah, um, yeah Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I don't do Twitter as much as I should. I used to do it when I was like in high school. Yeah. Kind of fell off. Yeah, um, I'm not, not a big Twitter guy anymore. Yeah. But I am on there for those that would like to follow me. Um, I'm also on, you can find my music on any streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon, wherever you get your music, it's out there somewhere. So just well, leave our seven letters. Well, cool. Thanks so much for coming on today. Can't of course, wait man. for the new song to come out. It was a blast, dude. It's good to see you again. Yep. <laughs>